Welcome to our first episode here at Nurses Why. This is Kurt here. This is not going to be edited or adjusted. We're just going to keep this as authentic and as real as possible. Um, yeah, again, welcome to Nurses Why. Um, so why? Uh, why the name? And, and, and then we'll talk a little bit about myself, um, just so you get to know me a bit and uh, go from there. So Nurses Why, I just, um, for the name, I just thought, you know what? Um, from what I've experienced over the 20 plus years of being a nurse, I, I, I truly believe the profession has lost its way a little bit. And I'll, um, I'll explain that uh, in the coming podcast, but why are we nurses in the first place? And I know we, there's so many answers to that, but I thought uh, to start real, why don't I just share um, my, my story? Not that it's extra special, um, but just... Um, something that I've been through that's really influenced my career um, and some of the mistakes I've made as well. Um, and that's affected my personal life, my marriage, um, and that I've had to walk through uh, with a lot of counsel. And, um, but again, our, uh, a mistake or a moment doesn't define who we are. It's not who we are. It's an opportunity to learn. And I know there's all these acronyms out there. Some of them are pretty cool. Um, but for me in this time of my life, being 42, halfway through my career, I just thought, you know what? Um, I want to finish this life strong. I want to finish this life real. And uh, I want to serve society and my family well. Um, so nurses, why is just getting back to, you know, again, the, the fundamental uh, whys of being a nurse. Why do we serve people this way? It's not um, just a career. Uh, and I think that's where we've lost our way. Uh, and the system has lost its way, just the way that it's been uh, been set up. So. Yeah, that's kind of why I chose the name and not to overuse why. Um, so let's just transition to, um, and we'll talk a little bit more about that through coming episodes, but I just wanted to um, uh, open up with why did I choose that name in the first place? And again, the heart behind this is just to have a platform, an area for nurses to uh, really get into the tough, tough areas of nursing, but really take more of a positive approach. We see and deal with a lot of tough stuff, and I think in my personal journey, um, I've just stuffed so much of it and I didn't process it. And then it just came out in other areas of my life and uh, affected my, myself personally, of course, uh, me and, and ultimately my, my family around me at times. And yeah, so I'm going to get pretty raw, pretty real, uh, pretty fast because that's just me. Um, but uh, with the utmost respect for the, the situations I've been through, um, again, I'm, I'm no one extra special, just have a, a story to share as we, as we all do as we all do. So I'll just back up a little bit. I, uh, Kurt here, I'm actually originally from Vancouver, Canada. Uh, I live now here in uh, Lake Nona, which is a part of uh, Orlando, Florida. Um, my wife is from Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico. I've uh, been with her for uh, 17 years, so I just felt the calling to come here to support her, to get her closer to, to her family. Um, so that, that's basically what brought me to the United States. And it's been an amazing journey. Uh, the U.S. has been extremely good to me um, from both a personal and professional standpoint. And uh, I'm actually thankful I live here in these crazy times. Um, yeah, so that's kind of why I live here in the United States now. Um, but it's been so good for my, my career. It's really given me a balanced perspective. Um, so from a nursing perspective, um, my training I, I have in my undergrad in Canada, uh, Back in the, I think it was 2000, if I'm not mistaken, they required uh, an undergrad. So there's no associate's uh, acceptance there. You need an undergrad to 
um, serve as a nurse. So we all come out with bachelors. Um, so uh, my bachelors is from the University of Victoria, University of Victoria, uh, on a place called Vancouver Island, which is actually the capital. Victoria is the capital of BC, the province on the west coast. And uh, it was a pretty, it was a pretty good good program. They had us in uh, clinical right away. Um, sometimes too much papers, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, there's an opportunity there for I think nursing curriculum to change. Uh, I'll share some of my heart with that on a different episode. But anyways, got my undergrad in Victoria. Uh, my first job was in Peds, and then uh, just kind of was a little bit bored because I realized I needed more uh, trauma. <laughs> ironically enough, um, so I got extra training. Uh, Went into PACU, uh, actually fell in love with the pre-op and the PACU. Um, in Canada, all certifications typically are, are a year, um, six months to a year. So it was a year, got that specialty, um, really loved PACU, um, but I just wanted more a few years in. So I got my advanced critical care uh, certification as well. Then I worked uh, downtown at the big hospital. Um, but the culture in that unit for me, I just, it was tough. Um and honestly, I didn't really enjoy it as much as I thought I was going to. Um, so I transitioned back. Um, so after CSICU stint, after my training, um, thankfully I was in critical care. So I uh, transitioned back uh, to a PACU and um, I just really uh, kind of felt at home again, um, even with an extra skill set. So I just gave me a different perspective. And then um, after that, um, I had a bad accident, which I'll talk about momentarily, uh, leaving uh, a night shift it changed my nursing career and life forever. Um, but after that accident recovery, I came back as a clinical educator, um, kind of got bored of that, <laughs> then, uh, was approached by directors to consider being, a an admin supervisor or site leader, as we call it here in the United States, um, accepted that and actually fell in love with that. I loved, I loved being a hospital supervisor. It was a lot of work. Uh, a lot of stress, a lot of responsibility, but um, actually loved it. It was a lot of fun. Um, and I've kind of been in that world, uh, if you will, since 2012. Uh, then took a manager role of that position as an interim manager. They, I guess, were checking me out, so to speak. Uh, did quite well. And uh, then the guy came back and uh, I had to shift on again. And then I transitioned to a perioperative uh, manager role um, and uh, did well. And then for whatever reason, our personal life, I just realized the uh, 60 to 80 hours a week uh, with management didn't align with a young family, uh, nor did it align with my mental health. And I'll come to that in a second as well. And uh, just decided to step down um, uh, to pursue a company, actually, which I used to call uh, Life Skills Medical uh, that was focused on NCLEX prep. Back in uh, 2016, I launched that in Canada because Canada adapted to the NCLEX in January of 2015. So I saw it as a pretty cool and unique opportunity to serve uh, nursing, nursing, uh, especially in, obviously in Canada uh, at that time. And the failure rates were extremely high. Uh, I'll uh, talk a little bit about NCLEX prep in an episode focused on exam prep tutoring and just... Um, I think where our profession goes wrong on that as well. Uh, I have a company that I started here. Uh, I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, this episode is supported by called NCLEX Lingo, NCLEXLingo.com. Um, so if you need help, reach out. Um, again, uh, in the prep in Canada, Life Skills Medical at that time did really, really well. Uh, thankfully, uh, not financially, but um, just pass rate wise, we 99% uh, pass rate maintain that to this point. So I'm thankful for that tried to pick a really 
and create a really unique way of NCLEX prep, um, not just the old school systematic approach, but really a, a holistic approach, if you will, a boutique, a really tailored approach to exam prep. And uh, thankfully, I think I've really stumbling, uh, stumbled, part of me, onto an approach that um, that works quite quite well. Um, if I pause here, I got a good coffee. Uh, one thing you'll get to know about me, if you care to listen, is I love coffee, so uh, I drink a lot of it. Um, yeah, so that's kind of my journey. And then li- little did I know that me stepping aside from management uh, gave me a year to prepare to transition to move my family, the three of us, down here to the U.S. And uh, we live here in Orlando in, uh, in an awesome area and uh, just fallen in love with the area over time. Uh, great people. I love golf. Uh, that's one of the outlets of my life that has been a, a mind saver. I'll talk about that later as well. Um, but that's just really a, in a Coles Notes version, if you will, uh, as we say in Canada. That's my sort of summary of nursing. Um, and then when I came to the U.S., I did care management for a year with a big, or, big uh, organization here and then uh, transitioned to taking a role in an administrative supervisor for a year and then was asked uh, to step into perioperative management here um, and uh, honestly enjoyed every, every year. Um, but again, I realized that this young, uh, my young family, stage of life, 80 hours a week, it was just not sustainable. And uh, I'm going to talk a little bit more uh, about that in potentially this episode as well of just the, the sheer volume of work and expectation on a day-to-day, on a week-to-week basis that I know a lot of you are experiencing or have experienced uh, or are struggling right now. Um, so we're going to get into a little bit of that too. But I thought to have some credibility, um, what that's worth is uh, just to share a bit of my my personal story as a nurse and that's really my heart behind this just really felt called to um, offer something that really gets to the heart of uh, some of the tough stuff that we see and deal with as nurses Um, and again everybody has a an awesome story Um, some of that awesomeness if you will is, is extremely tough um, and for the longest time, I hesitated. Do I share my story? Do I share my story? Um, is it worth it with what's going on in this world right now? Uh, is it going to make a difference? And I don't know. Maybe it won't. But if it makes a difference in one person's life that's struggling, then it was worth it. Um, so that's really where I'm at. And then just sort of at this stage of my career, I just felt like, how can I Im- impact nursing in a different way um, that supports my, my family in a healthier way? Um, and that honestly supports my mind in a healthier way as well. So let me just back up. In uh, 2009, on my way home from a night shift, um, so I was working PACU at the time. We weren't, we weren't a trauma center, so we were on call for emergency surgeries minus trauma. But that night, we, did, uh, we either stayed late for late procedures or we got called back. So it was uh, yeah, July 4th, actually, Independence Day. Uh, beautiful summer night in Vancouver, Canada. Um, temperatures range in, in the summer there from like anywhere from like the 70s to 90s, believe it or not. Uh, the weather's actually amazing when it's sunny. It's uh, such a beautiful place. So at that time, I just bought my uh, third motorcycle. I kind of grew up on bikes, uh, never had a issue, was always very responsible. And uh, yes, I know other nurses out there that obviously they're not the, the safest, and I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> Um, but just was a very responsible rider and uh, just enjoyed enjoyed the recreation on a bike. Um, so that night uh, on my night shift, I left on my motorcycle. And a few blocks later, um, 
got hit by a distracted driver. Um, some of the things I'll share, I, I don't remember. Uh, obviously, I was told and then through a medical legal battle, um, discovered all of it, of course. And then, um, yeah, so here we are. So essentially, I was a train wreck. Um, luckily, survived. Obviously, I'm talking to you now. Um, but yeah, I was T-boned by a uh, distracted driver, flew off my bike. I sustained multiple injuries, one of them being a diffuse exonal, which is a miracle. I'm uh, somewhat with us today. You can ask my wife about how much with it I am at times. But um, yeah, I just uh, sustained a head trauma. Um, done amazingly well. I still struggle with some things. Um, maybe mention some of that as well. Maybe mention some of that as well, pardon me. And multiple, multiple ortho trauma. I had bilateral wrist fractures. Um, right wrist was worse than my left, but uh, both were plated. Uh, I had a humeral fracture, uh, head trauma, like I said, and then I punctured my right lower lung. Uh, thankfully, it was didn't require a chest tube. And then uh, tore all the ligaments in my left knee, pretty much all of them, ACL, PCL, LCL, MCL. So, yeah, my knee was an absolute mess. Um so yeah, I was that was me. Uh, so they scooped me and dropped me down to the trauma center. I was I was in ICU for 24 hours as they were scanning me up, just to uh, see what the heck was going on. Unfortunately, my wife at the time didn't know about me. She was um, in Puerto Rico and just got there a few days prior, and no one found out about me until Sundays. And I was supposed to be playing drums at my brother's church that morning, and never showed up. And then I never showed up for a pickup shift at a, a private PACU that I used to work at as well. Um, and I tend to be a very punctual guy. If I'm not five minutes early, I'm five minutes late. My dad used to say. So, yeah, they got hit Saturday morning. Uh, my Friday night shift, Saturday morning, uh, was scanned up, and they started operating on me on uh, on Sunday. And no one knew about me until I was in the uh, operating room, which was pretty ironic. Uh, the cops, police officers, if you will, made a mistake, didn't know how to get a hold of my family, and uh, had the wrong phone number, and that was a whole mess, but uh, anyways, yeah, I had a multi-ortho trauma procedure. I was over nine and a half hours procedure just to fix everything. And then when they did the ORIF of my humerus, they found that uh, I severed the radial nerve. Um, they did an EEA, um, but uh, end and end. But when they did the uh, plate, again, it snapped. Uh, so they elected to let's just come back and do that procedure later. So... I was in uh, Burns Plastics Trauma for a week, um, and I, honestly, I don't remember anything uh, from that. Uh, pretty much a week of amnesia, if you will. I don't really remember much. I was in the hospital. The miracle part of this is I was only in the hospital for two weeks. It was supposed to be two or three months. Um, I went to ortho trauma, and I started to remember a little bit more there. Uh, maybe the last few days, I can remember some conversations, ep episodes, but there is a really a lot of that two-week period I, I don't remember, uh, probably, thankfully. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so that was that. Was that. Um, and then they just, I total miracle, I, I started to come around more cognitively. That was, They were worried about my brain the most. Um, they told my family they weren't sure if I was going to be the same again, uh, but just to expect uh, the worst. And um, thankfully, here I am today. Um, so anybody else that has TBI or um, someone around them that has TBI, there's always hope. Uh, there's always hope. I've done um, amazingly well uh, since my accident. Um, yeah, so that was me. I made it home in two weeks, but I was in a wheelchair for three months because I wasn't allowed to wait there. 
And part of this story is I, I started to have clinical signs and symptoms of that didn't make sense. Right? I had a radial nerve that was severed, but they didn't obviously fix that at the time. They elected to come back to that. But then clinically, I started to show this um, other signs that didn't add up. So just to fast forward, um, I sustained a really severe brachial plexus injury uh, that they uh, found out about in an ultrasound uh, on my neck and then confirmed via MRI. And then I sustained a root avulsion of C7 as well. So that came out of my spinal cord. And then C5 and 6 were pretty badly um, tractioned as well. Uh, so I had uh, central, peripheral, and plexus damage. Um, so basically, I, I, my arm was a mess. I was 185, pretty muscly guy, pretty athletic, for whatever that's worth. And I withered down to 149 pounds. And my arm, um, yeah, I lost all muscle. Anyways, to fast forward to that, essentially I was facing the loss of my right arm. And I kind of knew that. Um, I had a second procedure. It was, again, another nine-hour procedure, an ulnar nerve transfer, uh, brachial plexus exploratory. Uh, that didn't work. I wasn't in a medical legal battle, pardon me, so we had to you know, exhaust all options uh, to really to demonstrate that I was you know, doing my part. And, uh, yeah, it just it didn't work. So I had, to tr I had to wait a year and a half to see how the nerves were going to innervate, grow, if, if they were going to grow, what the uh, function was going to be like, the strength of function, etc. And, unfortunately, that didn't work. Um, so here I was <laughs> in a wheelchair, buggered up, um, and then... Thankfully, was allowed to wait bare after three months, started walking around with uh, a buggered arm, um, and then had a procedure, um, was hit again on the way to our procedure. Good grief. That was crazy. Thankfully, it wasn't bad. My wife was driving. God bless her. I was so pissed at that point. It was pretty funny, actually, looking back upon it. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, went in for that nine-hour procedure, not knowing what was the outcome was going to be and and uh they gave us some hope that they said hey you know we've got some impulse and, and some communication past the point of injury let's let's uh you know let's just hope and pray and fingers crossed and but did i ask if that surgeon had ever done before no do i usually do that absolutely especially being an experienced nurse um yeah that's neither here nor there it's just something i think about after and um anyways yeah so the, the rest is history as we say waited a year and a half i know it didn't work it didn't work. So at that point, I was like, my arm was withered to basically nothing. You could see my ulnar and radial bones. And uh, at that point, as we know, if, if you're an experienced nurse, you know, have increased risk for fracture. Um, I had uh, subluxation a lot all the time. I was always dislocating in my shoulder because I had no muscle out there anymore. Um, I had no function at all. I was in hand therapy for three days a week for a year and a half um, just to get passive range of motion back. and. Um, just to give the muscles a chance if they even started working again. And uh, obviously it didn't work. So lo and behold, I fast forwarded. I fast forward, if you will, I, I had to see what two or three specialists, specialists, pardon me, to decide what the heck I was going to do. And I already kind of knew in my mind, I was preparing for amputation. And uh, my orthopod uh, totally supported it. Uh, but because of the battle I was going through with the legal system, I had to explore all options and making sure it was a wise choice that I wasn't out of my mind. Saw a counselor, uh, my physiatrist, uh, rehab doctor. She was amazing, very supportive um, with the severity of my injury and um, basically told me, go for it. You have my support. You know, obviously, I can only imagine. And, you know, as we say, the rest is history. So February 23rd of 2011, um, I amputated my arm. 
uh, elective amputation. It's funny because people are like, well, is it truly elective? <laughs> you know, do you want to remove your arm? Of course, of course you don't. But um, yeah, there, there I am. Um, decided to take off my arm. And honestly, it was the best decision I ever made. Um, there's so many details to this, but um, I want to spare you of some of the boringness, if you will. Um, if you're interested and you want to know more, please just comment. I can expand upon that if it's if it benefits anyone else's journey or a family member or a loved one. Um, but man, being a patient, whew, it's um, an eye-opening experience. It's definitely humbled me and taught me a lot. Uh, it still continues to teach me a lot, almost 12, yeah, 12 years, uh, well, I guess 11 years later since the amputation. And then this summer will be, God, it, I can't believe it. it's going to be 13, 13 years already, Independence Day. How time flies. Um, yeah, so that's just a bit of my story. And ironically enough, uh, in the recovery room, I, I do start to remember a little bit more at this stage. Um, the nurse that was taking care of me is a, a gal I actually perceptored. <laughs> and uh, I remember lifting up the sheet and uh, seeing my arm gone. That was pretty surreal. And uh, man, it, that was a ton of pain. Uh, morphine, PCA, doesn't do crap. Um, PCAs are terrible, uh, especially for nerve pain. They don't do anything. They just make me a bit sleepy. Um, but yeah, I... Whew, I remember I had to kick out my family. I was like, you got to leave. I can't, I can't, I can't sleep. I can't focus. I was anxious, of course. And it was just because of the pain. It was really bad. And uh, oh yeah, one night stay and then uh, one night stay and then the rest is uh, history and got home and rehabbed and fought through and medical legal battle and settled, uh, moved on, moved on with my life. Um, but this podcast, uh, wasn't started because of my story being now an, an amputee nurse and an adaptive athlete uh, I love golf um, starting to try to compete with that maybe I'll share a little bit of that in another episode but this is really about the tough things we see sometimes as individuals I shared a bit of my story um, and there's a lot to it that we could unpack but for the sake of your time and what's really this is all about is it's the tough stuff we see as a nurse uh, the tough stuff that we deal with. And again, maybe you have a patient experience, not maybe identical to mine, but we all have a story, whether it be our personal story as a patient or loved ones or people that we're passionate about or care about or love that impacts us, that shapes us. And it impacts us who we are uh, personally. And we bring that into our nursing profession. We can't, we cannot not bring that into our profession. And honestly, as long as we use it well, it can be an effective tool. Um, for example, uh, can I relate to a patient who's in pain and anxiety? Uh, yeah. Was I able to do that before? No, I would say things like, oh, just relax. You need to just relax. When you're in 10 out of 10 pain, if you will, which I hate that scale, you try to tell someone to relax. When you're in an anxiety episode, you try to relax. It's, it's such a foolish statement. Um, it really is. And I know that sounds harsh, but it's the dumbest statement we can make. We can make when someone can't breathe. You just tell them to relax. Again, such a dumb statement to make. Because um, I've been through it as a patient, and I've experienced it. And it's just some of the some of the silly things we say as a nurse. From albeit a heart that is intentionally well, if you will, good intentions. But man, is it dumb? Is it dumb? Um, it's not practical at all. Um, so again, just to fast forward uh, to really get to why, why the episode, why nurses, why, 
which I'll continue to expand upon that name is I, especially through management, man, was I put in some tough situations that I really didn't agree with. And it really affected me. It really affected me emotionally. Obviously, my physical ability didn't allow me to be a hands-on nurse. So I really have been in the nursing supervisor role uh, and management roles since 2012, uh, clinical specialist roles as well uh, in public and private health. Um, and then here in the U.S., I've been in case management for a year, administrative supervisor for a year, and then management, and then ultimately decided I had to step down, um, which was too bad. I loved the site. I loved a lot of the people. But man, as a, as a way, as, as a whole, the organization, <laughs> they just didn't run uh, it very well. I'm not going to you know, point fingers, pass blame, or um, accuse people or, the, or even the organization of things. But at, at the end of the day, we have to take a step back and, and really take a look at how we're running hospitals, how we're running um, organizations, and how we're not supporting staff well. Um, and we can, again, the organizations can blame a lot on volume, throughput issues, bed issues, resources. But to get better, as I've realized in my own life, we have to confess or admit the struggles, the mistakes that we've been through. And, you know, the analogy that works really well or has worked really well uh, in my life is to, to have a wound heal well. We have to clean out all the crap, right? You can't just clean out a little bit with a pussy wound or an infected wound and then bandage it up and expect it to heal. No, we have to get rid of all the crap. Then we pack it as appropriate antibiotics, proper dressing changes, etc. And I realized over this last little while, uh, my nursing profession has kind of been like that. I, there's been wounds I've cleaned out a little bit, and then I've put on a Band-Aid, and off we go, and cleaned out a little bit, put on a Band-Aid, and off I go. And and some of that comes back to abuse, uh, verbal abuse from patients and families and staff, um, physical threats from, uh, again, patients, families, and staff. Um, and then the emotional stuff that we see as a nurse. Is it normal to experience death on a frequency uh, that we do and not be able to process it well? Um, and then we build up walls and we get jaded and it's just part of who we are. We suck it up. But honestly, bullshit. Um, yep, I did say that on air. It's, it's just not, <laughs> no, it's, 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 such, it's so foolish. Um, there's got to be a better way for us to walk through uh, tough situations with better support. It's not normal to not process something and then minutes later at times, you're receiving another patient under another stressful situation. Well, that's what we signed up for. That's just, that's just part of nursing. You know, you hear that all the time. It's true. An element of that is true. But there's got to be ways, there, are, there has to be ways that we handle this better going forward to sustain health, to retain staff. Um, and to support an amazing profession going forward. I'm still a nurse, still a very proud nurse. I've just had to shift my career a little bit different in this season. But man, I, it's been a great profession to me. And I feel like we've been through hell and back um, right lately. Um, that being said, I do not want to discredit any other profession that's out there, people that serve any other healthcare professions or any other professions that um, go through their own challenges. Again, this is just to talk about nurses. This is nurses for nurses, uh, by nurses, if you will. Um, just to talk about um, it's tough, the tough stuff we go through, not because we're feeling sorry for ourselves, but just that we need to have a place uh, to share our stories. 
um, again, with HIPAA and PHI um, ever so in mind and, and obviously being very careful. We won't be sharing particular details, obviously, but we can share themes of stories. Um, trying to be careful about sites and leaving them unnamed, but man, I tell you here, um, the, the arrests that I've been a part of, cardiac arrest, respiratory arrest, the death, the emotional toll that takes, and the exposure we put ourselves through. Um, forget COVID, um, honestly. Everything else prior to COVID would just, could be just as bad. That's why I kind of chuckle a little bit that this got so much attention, and I'll just leave it at that. This is not going to become a political podcast. Um, but we subject ourselves to exposure, uh, some of it pretty nasty, and we have been for years. Um, so it's again, how do we how do we process all that? How do we handle that as nurses? And um, for me, about you know, over a year now, um, a December of twenty, I guess it's going to be twenty twenty already. Um, I had to step away. Uh, I was literally uh, on the verge of a mental breakdown, and I just realized that uh, I needed help. And um, so the next episode, we're going to talk a little bit more about mental health of nursing and um man i just had to realize that i'm not superman and i need help and uh, i was literally moments away from being admitted and was going through a tough uh, time personally as well and uh, i had to step aside to focus on my health and focus on my mental health and i really want to encourage all my nursing friends right now that admitting you need help and uh, to process and walk through some of the tough things we see is the breaking point of where you can free yourself from that. So tune in for the next episode that talks about the focus, the focus of mental health for us as nursing. Thanks again.